Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We start today with some breaking news. It was just announced that uh, Attorney General Bill Barr is now saying yes to the DOJ to look into any voting irregularities. I know you've been following this as well as everybody else, but some of the things that have been happening across the country. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep our eye on it. I've got more on that coming up in just a few moments. But also earlier today, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum held his COVID presser earlier today, talking about some of the issues and challenges that we face with our hospitalization rates right now. Um, and I'm sure you saw as well this morning, the breaking news regarding Pfizer. They're suggesting that right now, They've got a 90% success rate in the third round of trials with a COVID vaccine. That's why you saw the Dow just skyrocket this morning and stay there pretty much throughout the day. We're going to get to some of the important things that Governor Burgum said here in just a moment. But I also want to share with you because over the weekend and then today, there was a story via the AP where North Dakota over the last 30 days, and, and you and I have been talking about this a lot on the show. I mean, it's one of those stats that just breaks your heart. But over the last 30 days, uh, North Dakota right now leads the nation in death per capita when it comes to COVID. So I want to share with you a little bit about this story just to set the, the table here tonight as we get into some of Governor Burgum's pressure regarding hospitalizations and much, much more as to what's happening right now with COVID right here in North Dakota. The spread is surging, particularly in the Great Lakes, the Plains and the Mountain West regions. North Dakota currently leads the nation in death rate per capita over the last 30 days. South Dakota is second. And with the Republican governors in both of those states refusing to issue mask mandates, families of those people who've been affected are urging action. If you go out, just take those precautions. Cassie Malchok's father, John Bjorkman, was a beloved school administrator. He spent 30 days in a South Dakota hospital. He died on October 20th. She and her mother, Christina, say the state must do more to protect people like her father. If I could have saved my father by wearing a mask, I would have done it. And I think most people would do the same. David Begno, CBS News. So tough to see those kind of numbers happening here in North Dakota, obviously South Dakota as well. So when Governor Burgum held his press conference earlier today, he has now put all 53 counties. So he's now put all 53 counties in the red level or the, the highest level that, that he can do it, at, at least at this point. Uh, and again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, he did talk about we're at 100%, 100% of the hospitalizations, meaning that things are full right now. Not all of it's because of COVID, but a percentage of it is. And one of the biggest challenges he talked about really was the fact that, look, because we've got such high hospitalization rates right now, we're having some real challenges trying to find healthcare workers. So he's also tweaked a little bit about what it means if you're a healthcare worker, if you're asymptomatic, um, but COVID positive, he's now putting some more liberty in place for those healthcare workers to hopefully get back to work and obviously help serve these people that are having the challenges with COVID. But here's what Governor Burgum said earlier today regarding the capacity of hospitalizations and some of the challenges that we're facing right now in North Dakota. About 20% of the hospital capacity in the state is going towards COVID. People either due to COVID or with COVID, the other 80% for the non. And so when we ask people to participate in mitigation efforts to reduce hospital capacity, you don't have to believe in a 
COVID. You don't have to believe in a certain political party or not. You don't have to believe whether masks work or not. You can just do it because you know that there's one thing that's very real, and that's that 100% of our capacity is now being used, 80% by non-COVID, 20% by people either due to or with COVID, and you're, you can make a difference. So he's saying, hey, you can make a difference to help out with the challenges that we're facing right now with the hospitalization rates by just obviously doing the six feet, wearing masks. One of the things he said there that really kind of took me aback was, hey, you may not believe in COVID. I hope at this point we all know that, hey, there's some kind of virus that's, that's going around. You can have your own sort of point of views on that, but I think we all see that, hey, there's clearly uh, something happening. Now, with that being said, I also want to bring this up because this jumped out to me as well from the press conference earlier today. And I want you to think about, I just mentioned at the top of the show, the fact that Pfizer's uh, touting the effectiveness rate of their uh, COVID vaccine, potentially, potentially, right? But here's the numbers in North Dakota in 2019 when it came to the flu. And how long have we had a flu vaccine? And he said today that we've had over 12,000 cases of the flu last year, and I can't see the exact number, but I think it's 436 deaths that we had, 426 deaths due to flu here in the great state of North Dakota in 2019. Now you do the math, folks, that's a 3.55% mortality rate for the flu with a vaccine in North Dakota. That is a stunning, stunning number. Now, I didn't get a chance to do a ton of homework and compare that to every other state in the union, but we typically hear you know, less than a 1% fatality rate when it comes to the flu, uh, predominantly across the United States. So to have that kind of fatality rate with the flu, knowing that we have a vaccine and hearing how they're going to be pushing the vaccine for COVID, I just want to bring that stats up with you because as Governor Burgum always says, facts, not fear. That's the data point. We'd love to know your point of view and the fact that Hey, we've got that high of a mortality right here in North Dakota uh, due to the flu. I'm going to I wanted to, to play this a little bit differently. I'm going to get to some Joe Biden stuff here in a moment. As we all know, he was um, announced by the media as the president elect. Not, not a lot of secretary of states. OK, and I'm going to get to this in a moment. I don't want to overplay my hand yet, but we all know what's going on there. OK, and, and I bring up the secretary of state point because. As I just mentioned at the top of the show, AG Barr has now told the DOJ, yes, you can look into voting irregularities. I'm sure you've seen that uh, President Trump has filed several lawsuits. They filed, I think, one in, in Pennsylvania today because of some of the things that they've seen. So we don't know if this thing is over or not. The Secretary of State, the electors, the state legislatures determine who these electors are going to be when it comes to the Electoral College. Guess what? It's not the media. I'm calling it Operation Bird, and if you know anything about history, you can look that up and you know exactly what I'm talking about. OMB, all right? Pay attention. Just pay attention to what the media is doing right here, and we don't know how this is going to play out, right? Joe Biden could very well end up being the next president of the United States. I just don't know if we can fully appreciate, like, what's the rush? Al Gore had 37 days, right? Let's let these secretary of states work these things out, which keep in mind, Think about this. Why hasn't Alaska been called? We all know where Alaska is going to go. Why hasn't Alaska been called yet? I don't know. I'm not the Secretary of State of Alaska, but I think it's definitely something to think about. Now, I bring all this up because earlier today, Governor Doug Bergen was asked about, hey, how do you see yourself working with a Joe Biden administration? I don't know if you watch some of the Sunday shows, but Governor Kristi Noem was on ABC this week. I can't play it for you because of copyright reasons, but she was like, hey, look, 
uh, George Stephanopoulos, you know, we don't know what's going to happen here. We still got to go and make sure that all, every single, every legal vote counts. We want to make sure that we've got full integrity, full transparency in our election. So I just want to share with you, because many of you, there was a Trump rally in Bismarck on Saturday. We're going to talk about that later in the show as well. But some people on Facebook, when I was streaming Governor Burgum's pressure today, were, was wondering, hey, why wasn't Governor Burgum out at this, you know, we stand with Trump rally on Saturday in Bismarck. So here's Governor Bergen being asked about a Joe Biden administration. Here's some of his response. I guess, how do you envision working with the Biden administration on this? Well, I think that one of the things that will have to emerge and see with a change in administration is uh, whether or not they are what, what things are going to try to be done federally, what things are going to be done at the state level and what things are done locally. And uh, I think that there's uh, a you know, different view uh, between parties and by people within those parties about when it makes sense for the feds to make a decision and when it makes the difference for feds should support states and when states should support local. And so we'll have to take a look at the, I wouldn't speculate about what actual things that they may or may not, uh, what they may or may not do, but uh, certainly as we have, I mean, the, the job uh, elected as governor is to have the best relation possible with the federal government, regardless who's there. And we'll continue to fight for North Dakotans with the federal government, regardless of who's, who's in Washington or who's in those cabinet seats. So I just want to put that for you, because keep in mind, we all know how much North Dakota loves President Donald Trump. And here's the governor and, and, and didn't flinch about the question about working with Joe Biden. And again, may not be even a big deal. Maybe that's the politically correct thing for Governor Burgum to do. But knowing how many people in North Dakota voted for President Trump versus what Kristi Noem said over the weekend, I just want to share that with you because do you feel maybe Governor Burgum should have said, well, yeah, but we'll, we'll see. I'm not suggesting anything, but we do know that legally the Secretary of State needs to say what they're going to say about these votes. The Electoral College needs to take place through the state legislatures rather than let the media, <laughs> the media, which I think we talked about this last week. I don't even want to get into it, but the Russia, Russia, Russia thing, right? Having the media dictate to you who the president elected. So I bring all this up because of the integrity and transparency in this election, in my opinion, I think is very, very important. And yet, what were we told because of a virus? Remember, because of the virus, you and I were not supposed to go vote in person. We weren't supposed to stand in line. You're not supposed to be around people. You know, we all know what that conversation was like, but whatever you do, mail in your ballot, do not go vote in person. That's what many people were telling you. And yet, I just want to share this with you because this is what was happening after the media did their OMB, the Operation MB, regarding President-elect, they're saying, Joe Biden. And just watch this and then contrast what you're about to see with what you were told about going to stand in line to vote, to exercise one of the most sacred honors opportunities you have in this nation to go vote and yet here's what happened over the weekend from coast to coast and in between tens of thousands of people celebrated some protested often standing shoulder to shoulder many of them were wearing masks but almost no one was socially distancing don't go vote in line, all right? But if you want to go there and, and stand around and protest, and keep in mind, Governor Walls restricted Donald Trump's, uh, one of his last rallies, I think it was in Mankato, I don't remember exactly, but 
to the 250 people, right? So I'm not suggesting that that was for Minneapolis, but just an interesting contrast from what you were told about your right to go vote versus what happened after uh, the media is pulling their Operation MB regarding President-elect, potentially Joe Biden. So with all that being said, I also want to touch on this. Many of you have been reaching out to me, and thank you for your support. You may have seen over the weekend, and I don't even know why. This is what I want to get at. My, my Twitter account got suspended. My Twitter account got suspended. I don't know if this is the right graphic, Zach, so I apologize if I didn't put these in the correct order. But my Twitter account got suspended, and the worst part it is, I don't know why. Some of my last tweets, which we're going to show you here in a moment, we can bring up these graphics now, Zach, were about Joe Biden, you know, being announced as president-elect. I've got some pictures here I'm going to share with you. But the thing with Twitter is that they can suspend your account and not even tell you why. They tell you that, hey, you broke some Twitter rules, some violation of this. But then they don't even give you the specifics, but you can appeal it. And then they just send you some rote email back to you suggesting, hey, you know, we're going to look into this for you, blah, 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 blah. Which, by the way, there's a couple of good tweets there. Like, can you come back to me for a second, Zach? Think about this, because I really do believe Joe Biden, he gave a, a couple of fantastic speeches this past week. On Saturday, he gave a fantastic speech as well. And think about this for a moment. If Joe Biden, because he says, look, I'm a proud Democrat, but I'm going to be the president. I'm going to govern for everybody, for all Americans. If you really want to unite this country right now, knowing some of the videos that we've seen on social media regarding potential voting irregularities, in my opinion, if I'm Joe Biden, I'm going to stand with the mic and say, look, I want to make sure the DOJ, that we are looking into every single voting irregularity to ensure that every single vote is accurate, transparent, and legal to show that I am actually the winner, hands down, of this election. If I'm Joe Biden, that is one of the first things I would be calling for to say, look, here's the deal. I won fair and square. Now let's go govern. But I haven't heard any of that from Joe Biden. I haven't heard any of that from Joe Biden. So I was suggesting that there in uh, one of those tweets. There's a couple other graphics if you want to bring those up, Zach. That would be fantastic to share with people that what I'm trying to get at here, folks, is the cancel culture is real. All right. I don't know why Twitter canceled me. They haven't told me yet. We're looking into it. But the fact that they can just go and go, yep, see you later, and not even give you a reason, I think is beyond, beyond absurd and why we obviously need to repeal Section 230 if they're now going to be publishers as well. I will share this with you, and I want to thank Rob Port uh, from, the, from the newspaper. Rob has done a great job. He called me yesterday, asked me for a statement, and then he was uh, looking on my Facebook page over at POV Now and found this. If we can bring up the Facebook graphic, Zach, hopefully I don't know if it's going to be in order, but bottom line is this. A gentleman named Kyle McFadden apparently had reached out to Twitter to tag one of my tweets, right? Well, who's Kyle McFadden? He's a former Heidi Heidkamp staffer. So was this purely politics on Twitter's part? Does he know somebody within Twitter, within big tech that maybe goes, hey, we'll get to that one in a minute, Zach, but it goes, hey, look, I don't like this Chris Burr guy. He wasn't a big fan of Heidi Heidkamp. We need to take him down now that Joe Biden is potentially going to be the next president of the United States. There it is. Thank you very much. We don't know. All I know is he posted this on our Facebook page. Um, so hopefully Twitter is going to give us some clarity and some certainty. But again, I think it shows you the fight, the war that we are in right now with big tech and this unbelievable cancel culture. And yes, I will say a lot of the snowflakes that are out there that melt because you might say something that they don't absolutely agree with, then they want to just cancel you.
which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Speaking of Senator Heidi Heitkamp, I want to share this with you. Politico over the weekend is reporting that, and I think this is a great move, actually. I think it's a great move for Joe Biden. I think it's a great move for Heidi Heitkamp, assuming that Joe Biden does become the next president of the United States. But uh, she is on a short list right now to become the Ag Secretary. We all know Ed Schaefer was once the Ag Secretary for George Bush. So potentially Heidi Heitkamp as an Ag Secretary uh, for our great nation, I think would be a fantastic choice for our country, for Joe Biden, and for Heidi Heitkamp. All right, love to know your point of view. Please share it with us regarding uh, this cancel culture and Twitter just being able to suspend accounts out of thin air for what seems to be, at least at this point, no reason. Also, what you heard there regarding uh, the COVID situation in North Dakota and much, much more. When we come back, wait till you hear what Will Smith had to say about Trump supporters over in Dubai. Plus, we'll share some clips with you over the weekend in Bismarck at the We Stand with Trump rally. And please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.